inside this whip. He rained out his burner. Mama looking at me, crying. She asking when they can stop the murder. Till when did they first stop burning? Till there was no more hurdles. Pop green up, no kernels. This lean designer, no Virgil. No Tesla, I'm a mega pilot. They told my homie, so I gotta break a silence. Welcome back, man. It's another episode of All Hustle, No Luck, man. We're still here giving you guys content. I hope you guys enjoyed our last episode with Jalen and the boys from the Hoops Talk pod, man. It was it was great. It was great. It was great. It was great. Um, a lot of things to talk about today, though, right? Trade deadline was one of the greatest trade deadlines I've, I remember in recent history. But we're going to dig into all that and, and kind of break down some of the trade and see exactly what's going on. But first, let's talk to the boys. Say, you been? Kev, talk to me, man. It's Super Bowl Sunday. What are you up to? Oh, uh, not much, man. It's a day of reckoning still. It's a day of reckoning. It indeed is. Let's get to it. Well, first of all, hold on. Before <laughs> I gotta know what we're gonna do first. Like, are we just gonna get straight to the to the banter, or are we gonna do the analysis first and then get to it later? But, so the way I had yeah. it set out was I was planning. Okay, let's break down the trades, right? Just make sure everybody's aware of each individual trade. Like, we'll go trade by trade. So let's break it yeah, down yeah. first. See who got moved. Break down whether it works for both teams, and then we can give our honest opinion about it. Uh, right, and then let's just try to temper, the, you know, the 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 profanities in this one. You know, we're trying to go clean cut, so let's just you know, let's tape it down. Let's tape it down. But with that being said, Chris, what are you up to, man? What's popping? Uh, missed the last pod. Um, boys held it down. You know, I'm back now. What a week it was, huh? What a week it was. Uh, the day of reckoning came, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to give me no, um, you know, uh, it's it's good. You know what I'm saying? I, I showed my guy, my guys, it, it's easy. We easy on this pod, you see what I'm saying? So I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a really let man's go first because I really want to, I really want to, you know, gauge where we going with the conversation and then I can see where the energy has to go from there on out. But, um, you know, if, if we all, if we all easy, I'm easy. So let's, let's get to it. All right, let's waste no time. <clears throat> that's why it's no time so again for those of you that don't know nba trade deadline was february 10th and i feel like this was one of the better trade deadlines because even before the day actually came we see a couple of trades get happen which we discussed already but there was a lot of rumors and i, I firmly believe this is why the nba is one of the greatest sports i think it's the greatest sport of the four major sports is because outside of the game the media is actually entertaining in and of itself we can't really say the same about baseball or football to the same degree. Like sometimes the story is actually better than watching the game when it comes to the NBA for some. That's um, give or take for some man. So I, I'm hearing a lot of man's completely just disagree or not be pleased with, you know, the main trade in itself, the Harden and Ben Simmons, because you have realistically, yeah, both both guys quit, and then both guys got what they want. So. But I'm just saying the fact that there's even the story, like we're captivated by the fact that these guys aren't playing every day. We're checking in the news reports. A tweet could, could turn your whole day around and whether it, it's, oh, he got moved or he's feeling this type of way, whatever it is. The NBA media is, I don't think, I don't think there's anything comparable to it. But anyways, let's start with the trades. Let's, let's not waste any time. So, went with- but yeah, man, let's, let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. The moment we've all been here for, the day of reckoning, as some would say, right? Sixers land Harden in exchange for Simmons on February 10th. That's the headline. So let me just break it down. James Harden has gotten traded for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a 2022 first-round pick, a 2027 first-round pick as well, and he's also going there with Paul Millsap. So 
bit of context before we dig into the details. Um, we obviously know that Ben Simmons has had, since had his gripes with the 76ers organization. He's accumulated X amount of dollars in fines. He went to f- practice with a phone in his pocket. He's been talking about how his mental illness is, has plagued him and he's not able to play. Whatever the reasons may be, he's not playing basketball for the 76ers right now and hasn't been for the past X amount of weeks. And then on the opposite end, we have James Harden that kind of out of the blue and kind of secretly, but not very secretively, has kind of made it known that he doesn't want to be in Brooklyn anymore for whatever reasons. We've discussed that in the past. So I'll pose it to you, Chris, because I feel like you've been itching to get off the topic. How do you feel about the Ben Ben Simmons trade? Do you think it was fair first and foremost, right? And what are your thoughts moving forward? No, for as I said earlier, I'm trying to gauge the tenor. You see what I'm saying? So I would like I to you. I, I would like to throw the baton to my dear friend. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got you, Mr. Case, just so I can take the ruler out and really measure where we're going with this. So right. yeah, I'm gonna start with analysis because I want to. Before we get to the bullshit, I just want to make sure that you know we do our, our part in analyzing this trade. Right? If you take out, just remove the two teams here, and you. Just look at the trades for what they are. Say it's in a trade calculator, trade machine, whatever that shit is on on the internet. I think the Nets won that side in, again, just isolation. Not looking at any context here because you got an all-star, all-NBA, all-defense caliber player. You got Seth Curry, a guy who is a very good player in this league and a serviceable starter, one of the best shooters in this league. And he he started every single game since he's been in Philly. Andre Drummond, negligible. And you got two heavily protected first-round picks, right, for James Harden, a guy who is obviously one of the top 10, 12, whatever you want to call it, players in the league. But he's also entering max-max time, mega-max time, where you're going to have to pay that man about $250 million at the age of, like, 33, which will bring him to, like, age 38, making over $50 million a year, right? But now when you add the context and you look at the fact that Ben Simmons wasn't even playing for the Sixers. This is a win for them, right? Because Ben Simmons was never going to play for them again. So it, the trade didn't have to be equal in isolation for it to make sense for the Sixers. And they got the better play in the steel player, type of player that I didn't think it was possible for them to get. So that's a big win for them. For the Nets, I think me, like, I think this makes their team better. I think even when Harden first, first touched down, it was kind of overkill with what he brings when you compare him to KD and Kyrie. Obviously, Kyrie being away changes things, but if I just look at this team now, as opposed to the way I looked at it two weeks ago, assuming everyone's healthy, everyone's playing, I kind of like this team better now than I did the one before. But again, like, who knows what's going to materialize from that, right? Now to the bullshit. Chris is going to come up here and beat his drum that he got a top 25 player. Chris is going to gloss over the fact that he's called Harden fat multiple times. He's going to gloss over the fact that he's called Chris a, he's called Harden a loser for ha- maybe half a decade now. Continuously harped on his playoff shortcomings, right? And those who know, know he's been doing this. And he's done it a couple of times in the pod, but not too often because we haven't really spoken about Harden in that context for a very long time. But he's going to get on here and move like the Sixers are the next best thing, like they're championship bound. But the fact of the matter is, is he's just happy he got somebody back for Ben Simmons. And he should be happy that he got somebody, somebody James Harden's somebody. caliber back for Ben Simmons <laughs> because 
there's there there should have been no way they're able to pull this off, but they were able to. That's but, all I'm saying, yeah. But right. I'm a man with great memory. And you guys will notice by listening to this podcast. I remember what is said. So he's not gonna come on here and pull a wool over me and act like he's the biggest James Harden back today. That's all it is. Go ahead. Uh, all right. All right. So I measured it. It was nice. You see what I'm saying? It was nice and respectful. I'm not done, but I'm let you go. Uh, it was nice and respectful. I got so far. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you live for right now. So let me get to the analysis first as well, because I wanna get this off. Um for the Nets, they got better. They definitely got better. And I'm not and and but the the thing with that is I feel like and I have memory too. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And I remember when I was saying that Ben Simmons is a superstar, I was getting pushback on this very pod. On this very platform, I was Chris, getting pushback. Chris, do you re- do you remember who what that argument looked like? Fam, I'm just I'm just saying that on this pod, when I was calling Ben Simmons a superstar, I got pushback. But That's can all you I'm specify, saying. Please, because I specified in my conversation, right? Can you specify so, so who was how, saying? How, how would? Oh, yeah, Rob's was saying it. Okay, but okay. I'm just okay. But all I'm right, just cool. saying, like on the podcast, I was getting pushback. So I want to put that out there off rip. So when I was out here saying Ben Simmons is a is a all-defensive player, you can't move him. Ben Simmons is a three-time monster. You can't move him. Ben Simmons should have won Defensive Player of the Year. You can't move him. Ben Simmons is this, this, and this. You can't move him. Back when the when we first heard about James Harden for Ben Simmons, what did I say? What did I know? You can't move Ben Simmons. Now, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, right? Ben Simmons is who I have been saying he is. It's just ironic, but it is what it is. Yes, Ben Simmons is going to... The Nets got better because Ben Simmons is going to be able to do exactly what he wanted to do from the very beginning. Do what he's good at, and I'm not going to swear, bump all the rest. Anything that I am not good at, do not ask me to be good at it. Don't ask me to develop a shot. Don't ask me to develop any meaningful offensive game. Don't ask me to do anything that I'm not already good at. And he's going to be able to just go out there and be Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons, who is Ben Simmons, is a good player. Like, I have been saying that he's a star, superstar, whatever you want to call him. So the Nets are going to be able to tell him, literally, do whatever you feel like you can do. And that's exactly what the Nets team needs, if Kyrie is there, obviously. Moving over to the over to the uh, the Philly side of this thing. Oh, and first of all, I don't want to hear anything about Drum- Drummond. I don't want to hear about anything about Seth Curry because at the end of the day, if all things were equal, if we put everything on the table last year before all of this happened, that package isn't getting James Harden. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear anything about the players. I don't want to hear anything about the picks. It's a 2022 pick for this cup upcoming year. Whoop to goddamn do. It's probably going to be 25 and under. Because we're probably going to be a top three team, top three seed. So, so congratulations, you can have it. 2020, uh, 2027, five years from now, it's top one to eight protected. If we're really shit like that, we'll tank. You know what I'm saying? That's five years down the line. If we, if it doesn't go, if it doesn't roll over, to, they get it if it's ninth. If it doesn't roll over, it's, it's going to turn into a 2028, one through eight. Good job. I've been on this very same pod. Just when we were about to draft Scotty, uh, Scotty Barnes, I heard Mr. Kavon Case said, listen, this is what I expect out of these draft picks. If you get a starter, tip your hat. Tip your hat. But you can't be out here drafting at the number four spot thinking that you're, you're getting a star. Nah, you have to get a player, a good player, a good start. That's what I heard. Now we're out here moving like nine through whatever is 
something to celebrate in the who streets said, for. Who just said that? Who just said that? That's no. I'm I'm talking about how you were talking about oh, they, from from the from the chat, honey. You were saying how we gave up uh, this and that from the chat. You were saying that, so that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm addressing. Did you okay. not? Did you not? Did you not signal out the, the picks from the chat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, All right, so that, that's yeah, what ahead. I'm addressing. I'm just confused. Though. Okay, okay, go ahead. That's go what ahead. I'm addressing. Now moving forward over to the to the Philly side. You've been the, on the fact that we were able to take a guy like Ben Simmons, right? Post, let me say, pre-game seven, when we found that he has no heart in his chest, pre-game seven, we wouldn't have been able to do this. And it proves because a year ago we tried and we weren't able to do it. Even when we had we had Maxi on the table, and yes, Maxi proved that he is a legitimate player now, but we weren't able to do it. Post, I got told that Doc Rivers and Embiid put at coupled with Ben Simmons's play has put him in a position or the Maury in a position to where all he can hope for is a CJ McCollum package. And then even that, even that is something where we wouldn't be able to, you know, just do, just get it. All right, cool. Mental health news breaks out. I was told CJ McCollum isn't even on the table no more. That's what I was told. And I was also told that day by day, minute after minute, this man's trade value is worsening and worsening. That's what I was told on this very podcast. It was. On this very podcast. It was. Now. It definitely was. But here we are. Here we are. I was also told that we are wasting Embiid <laughs> by, not moving, by not moving Ben Simmons for whatever we can go out. Just go outside and... So, put a thumb up and say, does anybody want a Ben Simmons? Does anybody want a Ben Simmons? That's what I was told. We were wasting Embiid because we didn't go outside and just take anything that came back. And now here we are. Here we are. The day of reckoning. We get a man in James Harden. MVP. Multiple (laughs) points. Multiple point thing. The man has, we get a man that no one has scored more 30-point games. No one has scored more 40-point games. No one has scored more 50-point games. No one has scored more 60-point games in the last 10 seasons than a man called James Harden. That's the player that we pick up. And I'm having to sit here and hear that, you know, the Nets probably won the trick. It has nothing to do with that out of you guys, bro. (laughs) It has nothing to do with that. I don't even want to hear that from you guys right now. All I want to hear is, I was wrong. Dead wrong. It's not even a, uh, 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 uh. Rob's just talking about this was an anomaly. It has nothing to do with that. Because the whole time I was talking, I was saying, it's the opportunity cost of trading Ben Simmons at the end of the day. Did I not say that? Yes, I did. It is the opportunity cost. You can't just trade him for anything because you never know. Now here the opportunity arises for James Harden to quote-unquote save us. But would he be able to save us if we have done what you guys have told me to do multiple times over? That's why I don't want to hear anything that you guys have to but, say about this. But yo, here that is, is the reason well, why. Well, 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 please, because I've been writing the notes down what he's been saying. First of all, <laughs> Chris didn't want to specify because he wants to lump me and Rob's together. But I've been fending this, the Ben Simmons as a player from the jump. And I was, I've been fending to this day about who he is. And I've always said that Whatever Ben Simmons we've seen, I believe he'd be a better player on any team in the NBA aside from the Philly 76ers because he's on the same team with Embiid. Then you told me to take care of some Barnes. And and that's not a slight on on Embiid, but it's just the way they operate, the same court they operate under. 
With that said, we're not going to act like uh, Seth Curry is, is a negligible asset here. Because, Robs, I'm going to ask you a question. Seth Curry has played 102 games for, this, for the 76ers. How much do you think he started? Probably started about 90%. Yeah. Uh, no, 102. All of them. Every single one of them shot 43% from three. I'm not I'm, me saying that is so not looking have, at the so, guy. So, is, so I'm not saying the man is the savior. What right, I'm saying is he's right, not a cool. guy, he's not drumming. Let's be clear here. Okay, he's not Andre Drummond. He doesn't have to be drumming. No, because no, because you because again, he doesn't you have be to be careful lumping players in together. He's, he's Seth Curry. Right, but you not, you're you're acting as if he is like Andre Bro, Drummond. Andre no, Drummond I is not about Andre Drummond, and then I spoke about Seth Curry. That's what I did. You said, I don't talk say, to me about I didn't say guys. Seth Curry and Drummond. I said, said Drummond is Drummond. Said, Seth Curry is Seth Curry. I don't want to hear about either of them. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you about Seth Curry. In fact, I already did, so I'm not going to repeat myself, right? Next, moving forward. This whole Ben Simmons trade thing, you're incredibly correct in what I was saying at the time. And no, I didn't believe you were going to get a guy like James Harden. You didn't believe it, but you wished upon a star. Daddy don't tell Maury, me what I believe. Daddy Maury, Maury told me top 25. I Daddy Maury, Daddy Maury, you can't tell me what I and you, got you cannot Hart. tell me no, what I believe. Listen, uh, from the very moment I heard top 25, you guys laughed at me. Yes, did I waver? I definitely did. Yes. Still, you called me crazy. Did I waver? Nah, fam. So don't tell me what I believe. Yes. you don't do that. You don't you can, do that. You can say you whatever you want. You do not do if, that. Okay, a rational man. No, no, a rational man would not have believed they were going to get James Harden. Uh, but that's what you're saying. You were trying to get your rationality, and it's and that's fine. Your it doesn't even matter because you have him right now, so we don't have to argue about that. But right, we're not going to act like when Daryl Morey said top twenty-five, you were talking about a top ten player. And let's no, be clear here because I prefaced this before Chris went, and he's trying to do it again. He's trying. He's talking about the player with the most 30-point games in NBA, 40, 50, 60. Cool. But in September, in October, when James Harden was struggling, was Chris not on this podcast saying, is this even the same guy? And how many 40, 50-point, 60-point games has he dropped since then? He's definitely not dropped the 50. He's definitely not dropped the 60. So he's not going to get traded to Philly. I'm going to start sucking dick and acting like he's the best guy. He's the best one. We're not going to start acting like he is... Who he is, especially when Chris was the one telling me he is no longer who he is. We're not hey, doing that. Hey, brother. That's all I'm saying. Once he joins your team, do not start sucking his dick. I'm not having it. Hey, brother. Take the you, can just, you can be happy with the 22 and 10 guy who we've seen for the past two years. Cool. But do not act like you think he is the same guy he was back in Houston. He doesn't have to be. Okay, no, okay fine. And I, don't, I agree with that. But don't act like he is because you told me he wasn't. Simple. How am I acting like I said, I'm you, naming, I'm talking about the type of the caliber of Listen, player. if we want to talk about accolades. We can talk I, about I, Russ's accolades and start and no, start acting like no, he's still no, the I same spoke, guy. We're I not spoke, going to. I did not not speak about Ben Simmons' accolades. Right, but what I'm saying Why is... Why can I do the same thing for James Harden? Because, again, I've never... In terms of talent, when did you ever speak down on Ben Simmons? In terms of what he does outside of the I never spoke down on Ben Simmons? Okay, when? As talent, when? What he does what he does well. When did you ever speak down on what he does well? On, on this podcast, I said that Ben Simmons hasn't developed since a rookie. What are you talking okay, about? Okay, then. So, what, so why are we talking it's about... He's not speaking down on him? So now I'm confused. Criticizing man's game, what I'm saying to you is you never doubted who he is as a player. Did you ever say the guy he is is not who is who he is, is I not said who he was before? I, I went I went from saying that Ben Simmons is going to be this, this, and that to saying Ben Simmons hasn't developed as a rookie. Right. It's actually ridiculous. I right. I criticize Ben Simmons on this very podcast. And all, again, on this, what I'm saying listen to my question. Before game seven. I don't know what you're talking question. about. Listen to my question What I'm asking you is. Who we know Ben Simmons to be. Did you ever question that? For f strengths and faults, weaknesses and abilities. Did you ever question that? 
No, because I, okay, I, I, I said what I said about him. What right. You okay, exactly. Did you ever question Harden's abilities? Who he was, strengths and weaknesses, and what we know him to what be? What does that matter? So you, so, you're, so you can answer one, but you can't. Just answer it. If it doesn't matter, just answer it. Yes, yes, okay, I did. Then. That's my point. So do not come here and act like you did not doubt Harden okay, up so, until so the Harden, very moment so, this trade got made. No, Simple. no, no, no. You're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. Fine. Because if, if, if Harden, if Harden <laughs> goes out there, if Harden goes out, you can, if Harden goes out there and shows me that there's something where I have to question him, the same way how Ben Simmons goes out there and literally is declining by the year offensively. And is that not questioning what I think Ben Simmons is going to be? Or so you, never did that. you never did yes, that. No, 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 no. Yes, you never que- no, no, no. Yes, you question. Sorry. You question what he can be, but you never question what he is. That's all I'm saying. I'm not oh, talking about candy. Yo, you're gonna have me cussing on the podcast. Who actually cares, bro? It's the exact same thing. I'm looking What's at not? Ben Simmons, and I I thought Ben Simmons could have been an 18, 8, and 8 player that I can depend on to build my team around 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 Joel Embiid. And I thought we had a championship roster with those two as my pillars. That completely changed. Before I found out he has no heart in his chest. First before, of all, before, before. So what are you talking about? Two. You're confusing the two because I'm not comparing. When I when I said what I said about James Harden, I was not comparing it to Ben Simmons because this has nothing to do with Ben Simmons. What I'm saying is, I'm not trying to act like Ben Simmons is somehow better than James Harden. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying to you is, we are not going to act like up until a week ago. Right, this entire season. There may have been one time when you spoke glowingly about James Harden when he started playing better. Well, what, obviously, September through December, on, James Harden just quit on two fucking franchises. No, no, but before he quit, we didn't even know he quit. Two, three weeks ago, we didn't even know he quit. I'm talking about September, it was in the process. We were September, October, that was November. We had no idea. And what did you do? You were criticizing. We all were. Let's keep it clear. It's not just you. But so what we're not going to do? Look like is, ass, right? So, we're not, so you're blaming and, me for being objective in the moment. No, what I'm saying is, you you told me that we are far away from the guy that we saw in Houston. So do not come here was and start acting not, like we're anywhere close. Was this play not far away? And it still is. First of all, we don't know that. So what we've seen, what we've seen, so, it still yeah. is. So we're not right, going to come here. You can't do that. Obviously, you we're far away. Right. Right. No, 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 can't say we don't know that. We only know what we know. No, 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 Robert, Robert, you, Robert, you shut, shut up. He's playing the angle of you, quote, he did kill. That's why he was playing Come on, man. So let me get this straight. So James Harden comes out, and James Harden looks like, not obviously the James Harden from Houston is gone, but James Harden looks like James Harden from when he first got to the Nets, when he was turning shit up. So that happens. What are you going to tell me? I'm if James Harden comes out in Philly right. from now moving forward right. okay. and looks okay. like the James Harden from when he first got to the Nets, when he was like, oh, when Ma- while Mads were all making the jokes that James Harden just had on the fat suit and he's still James Harden. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. I okay, that if, that, if that happens in Philly, what are you going to tell me? That he's a top five, top seven player or whatever in the league. Okay, so why so why can't I do the same? Why can't I act like that James Harden could still pop up? Why, no, well, no, 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 no. But you're saying that he can't pop up. So what am bro, I doing then? We're not going to act as if that is the one you're getting. That's that's a difference. Why can't I act like that? It's my team. Okay, see? <laughs> all right, then. Okay, you just expose yourself still. You just expose it. That, that's you all in, I need to find, man. Are you insane? Chris, thank you. I appreciate Chris. Are you think, that's all I was trying to get to. I, I can't, so I, I, can't, get well, I can't get James and Harden Chris, and act like I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a a, a, a good player. Chris, that's what you No, 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 no. But yeah, you can do that for Ben Simmons. You can do that for a player that has not that has quit on basketball. 
to say that he's going to be a, a a player that's going to be able to play in the playoffs and in the trenches and I, do all of this. Can I explain you to you? Can, can I explain to you? Can I explain to you the difference? Can I explain to you the difference? I'm explaining to you the difference. I am expecting Ben Simmons to be the player I have seen him be at his very worst, and I think that's still a good player. His very worst. You know what his worst is? Not playing the damn game. That's his listen, very worst. Listen, that's I just told you worst. how I feel. You're you're we're, you're like, talking, about, you talking about. We're not talking about Harden coming and being who he's been over the past year or so. I'm talking about the Ben Simmons that I last seen last season. So that's no, what I know. No, I'm not asking no, no, I'm talking about the Ben Simmons we're seeing right now. We don't know which Ben Simmons. Right. We haven't seen Ben Simmons. Right, exactly. MIA missing in damn in goddamn action. Right. That's what and we're on talking the court, about. And on the listen. So you can talk no, bro. No, you can't do that. You can't tell me that you can big up Ben Simmons and talk about what you're gonna get, but yet I can't big up a man that's actually playing the game. You can big up a man all you want, but what I'm saying is we're not going to act like the guy of two years past is the guy we're getting. That's all. If you act like that, I act like that. You're (laughs) acting like Ben Simmons actually likes to play basketball. So I'll act like James Harden is good at basketball. How about that? How about that? I I think two things can be true here, right? I I genuinely, like, I'm big enough to admit that I was wrong, but... Again, I'm going to attribute this to be an anomalous situation, right? Like, All right? So you're not big enough. How am I not big enough? I was wrong. So you're not big enough. <laughs> I was wrong. No, 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 bro. If you're wrong, you're wrong. I don't want to hear the extras, bro. If <laughs> okay. you're wrong, I was wrong. That's it. Anyway, though. That's it. <laughs> I, That's I, I, it. I, as I was saying before, a rational man can sit down the there and fuck? say, you know what? You can, put your, you can line everything up the way it's supposed to go and it doesn't go that way. You could be wrong, but that doesn't mean that that was supposed to happen either. Right? And again, admitting the wrong is the first step. James Harden, whatever the situation may have been, why he became disgruntled and forced his way out was not foreseen. When Daryl Morey came out and said, okay, we're going to get a top 25 player, I thought it was outrageous. And again, that's why I'm admitting I was wrong. But at the same and time, yo, situations yo, like this clear, don't pop up every day. To be clear, Harden is not even top 25. We're talking about like a top 10 guy too, right? So like just saying top 25 is kind of loose in terms of how good he is because some guys in the top 25 can't even sniff Harden. So. And the reason why I'll say that, like to, even if like obviously the top 10 point is is valid but what i'm saying is is like we can only go based on what we know and what we've heard every trade package that i heard out there was was negligible like it wasn't anything that was really going to move the needle if we're being 100 percent honest right so the fact that they're able to pop up with this again is great is great and i'll admit that was wrong but it was still anomalous but in terms of the actual trade itself i do think that um the sixers won the trade obviously i think that's pretty set in stone but I don't know, like, I'm curious about this, Kevin. I kind of want your take on this. Like, I, I don't know how to, like, how do you see that the Nets got better? Like, I don't know how they necessarily improved in this situation. Because to you're me, never like... Gonna, you're you're go never going to agree on it because you don't fuck with defense, right? We made that clear. Like, <laughs> you don't fuck with defense. Man's like, like, a guy that struggles offensively, you're not fucking with him. So, for you to... Pardon my language there. So, next pod will fix it. Um, pardon my language. So... You're not a man that rates defense, so you're not going to rate a guy like Ben Simmons as highly as I do or as Chris does, so he says. But I look at a guy, first of all, the way the Nets play, or sorry, let me just compare Ben Simmons to James Harden, right? Obviously, James Harden is a better player than Ben Simmons, but there's a lot of things that the Nets need that James Harden simply doesn't do. For one, James Harden does not push the ball. He does not play with any pace offensively unless the ball is in his hands. Ben Simmons is the complete opposite of that. And on a team with aging veterans, and KD, the only guy that runs the court, Kyrie, not so much. Ben Simmons is gonna be is gonna get them a lot of easy points, and he's gonna be very good in that respect. Defensively, he's gonna be an absolute 
And as far as as far as I'm concerned, I'm not projecting him to be I'm not projecting, I'm not one of those people that's gonna come out and think he's gonna be any better than 2020, 2021 Ben Simmons. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying is the Ben Simmons I saw last season is the one I'm expecting to get. And I think him defensively is gonna be an absolute animal. I think he's gonna be able to play the five or four with Katie at the five, whatever, and then be able to close lineups that way, guard big players, switch everything. And I think it's going to be similar to what Draymond does maybe with a bit more energy and a, a bit less um just experience the part that Draymond makes the game but offensively he's gonna be able to play make he's gonna have enough shooters around him where it's not an issue he's gonna be able to operate in those post spaces the ones I've been asking for him to get because I know he can succeed there and it's gonna be and I think it's gonna be beneficial for them so yeah you lose Harden but a year ago we all would have said James Harden his skill set was always over we always knew that but you take it because he's James Harden you're pairing him with Kyrie mm-hmm. So it was never James Harden was never a need. When J, that James Harden before that James, James Harden trade was made, not a single soul said you need a James Harden type player. Nobody. But again, you take it and you're happy with it because it's James Harden. So it was always overkill. So for them to go get a good defensive player, and I think Seth Curry's a very big deal because I think he's a very good player and what the skill set he brings and the ability for him to shoot the ball is important. Again, Drummond's negligible. I don't give a fuck about Drummond, but Seth Curry's going to be a big help to them and. When you have Seth Curry, Kyrie, KD, maybe Joe Harris or Patty Mills on the court, when you have th- that type of shooting ab- options with Ben Simmons, a guy who led the league in assists to three-pointers for like two years in a row, sprinting down the court and you have guys that are flying with him, I think it's just going to be better than it is now. And again, a lot of things have to go into that because, for one, Ben Simmons isn't playing basketball and has not. <laughs> Kyrie has it, is, is a part-time player, so... But I'm just saying, on paper, looking at it, I think they're better than they were yesterday. But let's be clear. The Nets have been a paper team for the past three years. So nothing's changed. That's actually 100% facts. They've definitely been a paper team because they always had some translating to results. But it's granted, always that... when, if, that. So like, I'm not, I'm not saying anything's going to be any different. But I'm saying if I look at the paper, I think they're better off than they were yesterday. Maybe. Maybe. You might be right in that situation. But again, like when I'm looking at this trade, I, I definitely think the 76ers went in and it's an anomaly, man. Like, let's keep, let's keep it a buck. But I think that's enough about the Harden trade because I feel like we spent like a good twenty five minutes on it. But there is a lot of trades that happened that day, so let's move forward to the next trade. I want to open it up. Um, so this this one shocked me. I was literally in the middle of my two o'clock meeting, and I have the TV running in the background. And I, there's a live stream actually. Shout out um crispy flakes, and I hear Porzingis got moved. So you know when I naturally heard that, I'm like, oh my gosh, like you know Dallas is finally making the big push, whatever. And then I looked at the name and I said, Spencer, did we? <laughs> and Davis Bertans? And then I went on. I had to make sure I, I, everything was good. I went on Twitter to double check. And I was so disappointed in this move. Because for one, I understand that. Like, we're going to attribute some context here. Like, I understand that. Jig is up, bro. Sorry? Yeah, the jig is the up. Jig but Porzingis is not the guy that he once was. And it doesn't look like he's ever going to get back to that level of play. Or at least consistently play at that level. And I, that's fair. So I think part of the reason why Dallas would have done this move from an analysis standpoint is that they need to clear some cap space. They wanted to open up their books to say, okay, if and when somebody becomes available or we have to go out there and attract a big fish, we will do so, even though that's not necessarily been their track record. But I think they're not willing to do that. I think the Wizards got off with a steal because Spencer did when he's not good and Davis Bertans was a negative contract. So even if Porzingis is 60% of what he once was and plays 
seventy percent of what we think he will play in terms of. <laughs> what we see you still win. You still win. No, you don't. No, you don't. You still win. Sixty <laughs> percent of win. what he is. Hold on, hold on. Let me hold on. percent of seventy percent. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, like, I'm saying, if we if we assume that KP is hundred percent healthy, I still only think he's playing seventy percent of the games. But what I'm saying is, I don't think people understand how bad that Davis Bertans contract was. Like, how bad it really was. I was watching Bill Simmons pod like four weeks ago, and he made the top 10 worst contracts in the league. Because he's a shooter that's getting paid out the out the wazoo, getting paid top-tier dollar that can't shoot and does nothing else on the court. That is a, that's beyond a negative contract. And the fact that you're able to package him and Spencer Dinwiddie, which hasn't been good the entire season, to get KP, even if KP's a washed version of himself, he's still better than those two guys. And you got worse, rid of one of the worst contracts in the league. That's the way I'm looking at it. And now you yeah. have the flexibility to say if and when you need to do something, you could do it. <laughs> yeah, the Dallas won the trade. Um, but I'm not saying it from the perspective of you. you like, I'm saying that the Dallas won the... Well, no, you're saying the Wizards won, no? I'm, I'm saying the Wizards definitely won the trade. Yeah, I understand what I, Dallas I just, is doing from a cap perspective, like what they yeah, have to I, do because Luka's contract is going to kick in. They have to start acquiring pieces around him. But from just sheer... Who came out on the better end? The Wizards definitely won this trade. Okay, you know, I, I think the Dallas won the trade, and I think they won it pretty easily because number one, we can't underestimate the fact that Porzingis is hurt yet again. That's the first part that I have to make. The second point plays off of that because <clears throat> it's a bone bruise in his knee, so no one is going to know the the severity of what Porzingis is going through more than the Dallas Mavericks. Right, so it could just be a situation to where they're saying, "Listen, this has been literally year after year, serious injury after serious injury, and then even when he is healthy enough to play in the playoffs, it's him getting spaced out like he's Maxi Kleber, and he gives us nothing on the defensive end because he can't guard the pick and roll. So before I allow that to happen yet again." I should have traded him last year, but I'm not going to compound the mistake by keeping him on again, right? So let me cha- trading, trade him out for, yes, even though, you know, Bertans' contract is bad, and I would say that Spencer's contract is real is also up for judgment at this point. When you put them together, it equates to one big contract that is Porzingis. And obviously, we understand that it's more manageable to trade off the two one that can package up to the Porzingis than actually trade the whole Porzingis uh, contract. And then lastly, you have right now Brunson that you can only pay him up to $55 million in the extension. And there's already word on that you guys like the Celtics or or the Knicks or other teams that would go and say they can only pay you 55 even if we give you $60 million. That's still more than whatever they can give you. And it could even be more money than that that he ends up getting on the open market. So if you lose him, you have Spencer there. A year removed from his ACL issues, he could be better. So I would say that's a that's a decent gamble on that aspect. And then you have Bertans where Bertans is shit and he's definitely one of the greatest bandits in league-wide <laughs> right now. Like, absolutely 100%. But... This is what I'm saying where you get the two small contracts because we understand that no contract is untradeable if the teams actually want to get it done. And oftentimes you need this bad, you need bad money to get deals done. Like you need filler, like money filler to make a deal come up to get a real guy. Then you can use your draft picks. Dallas doesn't necessarily have draft picks like that, but you can use draft picks to say, 
here's where we'll make up the value for you. So like Bertans is is a player where I feel like they're going to be able to use him if he's if not on the court because he gives you exactly what Porzingis is giving you. Oftentimes, it's not like Porzingis is out there shooting forty percent from deep. So it's like he's gonna give you. No, but you haven't seen Bertans. Have you seen Bertans splits? He's shooting thirty two percent from is, deep. Yeah. Yes, but but hey, he could give you. He could like this one. Thirty one from the floor. You know, I'm not gonna bet on it, but he could give you some of what Porzingis has already been giving you. It's like, and then at the same time, you can just always just package him sometime down the road if a deal presents itself to where you need that money filler. But you see, here's my problem. And I I guess this kind of leads into why I think that Dallas lost the trade. It's not that necessarily like you gave up the best player, you're not getting much in return. It's the fact that the guys you got in return aren't necessarily making your team any any deeper per se. Because as you said, again, Jalen Brunson's entrenched in the lineup. They just signed um, Finney Smith. They have these guys that are already in the rotation. And I don't think the rotation's good to begin with, but the guys they brought in are not jumping ahead of the top seven guys in the lineup. So, yeah, but the guy that they had wasn't playing. And we're but that's winning. what I'm saying. You lose that guy, right? And then you come back with guys that are at the end of your bench. So what did you really do to benefit your team other than make a cap move? Got healthy bodies on your roster. But I'm saying they were playing without <laughs> him. And the guys that you brought in are not going to go and play those minutes. But so they, what Rob, did you do? Rob's, Rob's. Robs, I've yeah. been saying for years, there's only so many times you can repeat this shit with Porzingis where every year we say this is the year for him to break down and make. You can't keep doing it, bro. <laughs> and you can find a montage of me saying that exact same thing every single year. And now we're dealing with a bone bruise. Go Google a, bro- a knee bone bruise. <laughs> they say it takes like six to nine months to heal. Yeah, you can play through it, but are you going to be fine? And if Porzingis, is Porzingis a guy we know to be able to play through something? Meniscus, Achilles, ACL, everything, man. Not a thing. He hasn't played through anything. And I told Mans, and I'm not saying he should, but what we're saying is that, like, if this is a bone bruise, it's not going to go away. He's seven foot three, and I've been telling Mans the jig is up on this guy. And this this trade in itself, because it got back absolute bullshit, (laughs) tells me that the jig was up two years ago, because... This is the reason why they didn't trade him in the offseason. Because they looked at this and realized this was pathetic. They said, you know what? I'm bringing Jason Kidd in. Let's see if it'll work this time. Let's see if he can get healthy this time. And they realized he can't get healthy. So they said, fuck it. I'm going to take the same bullshit that was offered to me last year. And I'm going to hope it works out. Because they got absolutely nobody in return. Spencer Dinwiddie has been garbage. Garbage, man. Garbage. They said the Wizards literally asked him to leave. <laughs> Davis Bertans is a Chris special. Chris would have gave that guy $20 million a year Stop ago. Stop lying. Two years ago. And he did. Stop lying. But the Wizards did. He's not and the guy. Like, two JJ, years ago? Two years ago. Two years ago. Junior is the guy, fam. No, no, no. But I'm, I didn't say $25, $30 million. I'm talking about, you would have gave about this the money that he got two years ago. What did he get? Like, he didn't get $18 million? Yeah, he got $18 million because he was shooting 43% from yeah, the Yeah, he would have got the 18 on him. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Just listen to the words I'm saying. I'm being careful what I'm saying. They got Davis Bertans, who, as Rob says, shoot 31 from deep. If he's not shooting threes, he's not doing anything on the court. Not even rebounding. He's averaging 1.8 rebounds. He doesn't even play. And Spencer Dinwiddie is one of the worst guards in the league this year. One year, he's coming off ACL injury, so we might give him a little bly. Understand he could be a lot better than he has been this right now. This is the second now. time, though, yeah? But... Yeah, but he bounced back the first time. And this, facts, was, this wasn't a full tear, either. It was only a partial tear. So the yeah. fact still remains... Chris Tapp's Porzingis is done. This is and for the Wizards, you're in a, a no lose situation because you bring on a guy that if he's healthy, he'll be good. But again, it's no longer an if. It's just when, and 
we know it's not going to happen. Rob said if he's 60% of the guy that we know him to be and he plays in 70% of the game, if you multiply 60 and 70%, you get 42%. And a live body for the Dallas Mavericks is a lot, two live bodies, I should say, is a lot more useful than a guy like Chris Tapps Porzingis, who isn't going to play half the time, then get mad when you don't have plays drawn up for him. How am I supposed to draw a place for you when you can't be when you can't be on the court? What am I supposed to do for you? And then you're gonna go in the corner and soak. Where else am I supposed to put you? I can't <laughs> count on you to be here. That's facts. That's facts. Again, I understand yes. what Dallas did. Don't get me wrong. I understand, right? But I just still think that the winners came out on the on the sunny Bro, end. They're so. lucky they they lucky they got a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie back. I'm, I promise you because a guy I like Spencer Dinwiddie. I can't agree with you, Dad. I can't. Okay, but again, we can look at Spencer Dinwiddie and say there is a possibility he is better next year. I would have told you they got to give up first-round picks to get this guy off the team. Yeah. I, yeah. The, the Dallas won the trade, so, like, as I said. And first of all, I remember, like, two years ago, I was saying, you got to trade Porzingis, and man's like, Rob's just saying, nah, still. I'm like, nah, nah, you can't trade him. Nah. Definitely, they would have got way more for the man, and it's like, nothing. That was I, last year. That call was last year. Oh, that was, that was they would have got way Rob, more. Rob's like, just saying to Rob's just saying to wait till the off season. Wait no, till the off season. Yeah. Uh, you remember, Kev. All right. <laughs> no, but you know, we're only saying that because of the playoff performances. No. At the time, I don't think at the time when I, in which I said that. No, I've been telling as the jig is up on this guy. I know what Come you've on. been saying. I'm saying at the time, I still think you would have got more from him if you waited to the off no. season. That pathetic no. playoff performance didn't help. No. That no. playoff performance did not help. Yo, he got hurt that exact same year too. Like he's he's hurt all the time. All the time, literally, no. like there's only so much times a man can be hurt, and we don't attribute it to just it is what it is. This for two, for like years, it man. is what it Come is. On, like, death taxes and Porzingis will be injured like, <laughs> at the wrong time too. Let's make that clear. <laughs> the most not inopportune in times, not in October. By May, he's mashup. Come on, man. I've been saying it for years. Jig is up. Fair. Let's transition a little because we got a couple more trades we got to talk about. So next one is a three-team trade. Um, is it three teams? Three teams involved. So Spurs, Celtics, and Rockets. Uh, Celtics acquired Derek White um, and Daniel Tice. Spurs get Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, a first-round pick, a 2028 first-round pick swap. And the Rockets get Dennis Schrouder, Ennis Freedom Cantor, and Bruno Fernando. Like, I don't understand this. And again, this is just kind of... Like, I like the fact that the Celtics got Derek White because I do think they need that, that little bit of guard play. Like, Dennis Shooter wasn't cutting in, and you already know how I feel about Marcus Smart. But Derek White, I think, is a good play. He's an upgrade over Richardson and Langford. But what's their obsession with Daniel Tice? Like, I, like, I, I don't understand this. Like, um, when I what's seen the obsession? That, when I seen that, I said, what in God's name are the Celtics doing? It's not like Daniel Tice isn't making money, you know? Like, Daniel Tice is actually making, like, double figures. I think he's making, like, or, like, 8 to 10 I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up. Like, he's making money. And it's guaranteed money. It's not no partially guaranteed money. I have no idea what they're doing. I guess, like, the only thing I can say is maybe, I know they, they don't have to bring back Al Horford next year. So, maybe that's why they're doing it to where they're eight saying. Eight a year? Let's let, eight and a half a year? Yeah, eight, eight million. Eight and a half million. Like, maybe they're saying, let's let Al Horford walk next year, and then we'll have Daniel Tice, a guy that we like. But they changed the rules. So, the best thing that he did for that team of standing in the lane and walling mans off, it, it, you can't do it anymore. So, I don't get it. I don't understand why. Like, I don't get it. I, I just don't. That guy, I, I don't when I, don't I was know. watched that guy play basketball on the Celtics, he averaged one illegal charge. Sorry, one illegal um, pick a, a game, fam. 
one illegal pick a game. Like he's not good, and he wasn't playing good for the Rockets. So I don't, I just don't understand it. Like I don't understand why of all the bigs in the league, Montrez Harrell went for pennies on the dollar, and you bring in Daniel Tice. Bro, man's are focused on the wrong things. A playoff team got rid of Josh Richardson. <laughs> Josh Richardson was playing great recently, but I haven't given that. Like, there's a couple, listen, there's a couple hills I'm gonna die on on this guy's shit. Josh Richardson is top five. I'm not rolling. Nah, jo- Josh Richardson has been rolling, playing bro. well. In, 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 like he's been playing. Like he honestly has been playing well. The thing is with Josh Richardson, and plus you have to put it in context as well. In context as well, they got a good pick this year. They they gave up. They gave up two. I think two first round picks, Robs. No, uh, first round pick in this year and 2020 first round pick yes, swap. So the right and that and that and that pick swap is top one protected. Who knows what happens to to the Celtics in 2028? Tatum might be gone. Uh, Jalen Brown could definitely be gone way before that. Like we don't know what's going on then. So you gave up two picks and it's a top one protected pick. The Celtics are shit right or worse shit right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, come on, like. To, to get a guy like Derek White is Derek White. I've heard you tell me, Kev, that Derek White is also shit. So you're telling me shit for shit. Maybe you're saying that Josh Richardson is worse, but who cares when the other Ten guy times. you're getting is shit? No, it so doesn't matter. Like... It doesn't matter. Again, <laughs> Derek White, when I say Derek White is shit, I mean relative to an NBA starter, right? Josh Richardson is borderline NBA player in my opinion. That's the difference for me. So I get I get the, the pick thing. I understand, right? But... I'm just a man. I look at the trade, and I see Josh Richardson out, Derek White in. I don't rate Derek White, but him coming off the bench is good. I think he's better than Schroeder. But I'm I, listen. Maybe it's just a mental block with Josh Richardson. Still, I said the same thing when Josh Richardson went for Seth Curry. I said the Mavs got absolutely fleeced out their mind because I just look at Josh Richardson as one of those guys that can dribble, can't shoot anymore isn't the defender that he was for two years. So, I don't know. And they ended up um, waving Ennis Cantor. So, he had been looking yeah, for a team. Get the hell out of the league, bro. Get the he, he's more of on a political team than he is about yeah, go, basketball. Go, go, go follow your true hearts, though. Um, so, next, we got the blockbuster. Well, I don't know about blockbuster, but it was a 14 trade. So, bear with me as I go through it. So, the Bucks ended up getting Serge Ibaka, two second-round picks, and cash considerations. Clippers got Rodney Hood, Semi Ojale. I can't pronounce his name. Vanya. Marin Kovic, irrelevant. Never heard them. <laughs> um, Kings get Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, Trey Lyles, um, David Mishinu, no clue, and a second round pick. And then the Pistons get Marvin Bagley. Let me just say this off the rip. And the Pistons gave up two seconds for Marvin Bagley when they should have just went to the goddamn scrap heap and said, we'll just take this home with us. Like, no, I, no, no, don't get me wrong. I, I, I like the Marvin Bagley move. It's a low risk move, right? You ready? Detroit is in the business of accumulating assets right now. So um, I'll quote. We're calling. We're calling Bagley an asset. I'm not saying you're an asset. You, you don't to have him. to pay him. You don't have to pay him. So what? You, can you, take you, a, you, you didn't year. accumulate assets then. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, you can get Bagley, see how he performs for half a season, sign his one year reten- um, his tender, and if someone wants to pay him, then pay, they can go and pay him. But what I'm so saying is, giving up two second So you gave up two seconds. Maybe okay. Let me rephrase. And you accumulated the right to keep him if he's an asset, because I don't think that right now Marvin Bagley got the right. I don't think. 
the Kings were the right situation for Marvin Bagley, so I don't think he got a fair assessment. You'll give him six months to play and see how he performs, see if he fits the roster, see what he's doing, and then if someone wants to pay him, you can do it kindly and make someone else pay him. And what's the likelihood that someone goes out there and pays up Marvin Bagley wildly on the open market? Very low. Poor. That, that means he should. That, that means he should. No, no, but don't get me wrong. But then <laughs> the two second round picks you would have threw away for anything else. You finally got something you can see if he's if he's part of the team moving forward. I just think it's a it's a low risk move, and if Marvin Bagley turns out to be anything. You get to keep him. He's still a second round, uh, second overall pick. He has pedigree. We're, we're, he's, far, not he's not we're good. Far, he's not good. He's not good. We're far from we're not that, doing that, bro. He's not I'm good. Man needs to go pick up Josh Jackson. Then yeah, that's what we're doing still. I'm not saying, but he's not good. But I'm saying they call it the second draft, where a guy goes to a new team on his rookie deal. I didn't work out in the first place. He gets a bro, second he's opportunity. Had three months on the deal, Robs. That's not the same. I understand. Cam Reddish is a Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish is a second draft. A guy with three months. 30 games left on his contract is not a second draft. That's not a second draft. I just life. think you reserve the right to see if he actually turns out to be something, and no one's paying him. So it's a low-risk move. If he turns out to be good, someone is going to pay him, and then he's no longer the asset. He's no longer of value to you. There's no. This is a no-risk, no-reward move. I don't think so. I disagree. I don't think anybody's paying Martin Bagley, regardless of whether or not he pays. But I think if you have him on your team and internally you see what he's doing and you have some level of faith, you can get him for a steal. And if he turns up to be, if best case scenario, he's a backup combo Robs, forward, then whatever. Robs, you know the NBA teams can go on league pass and watch the same games the Kings are watching, right? I understand that, but come on, man. I'm talking about having a guy in your organization. Like, there's a certain level of, 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 of like, give a vantage point um, when you have a agreed. man on the actual team. Like, Agreed, but I have no faith that Marvin Bagley is that guy. I'm not saying I have faith either, but I think it's just a low risk move that you get the opportunity to see if he turns uh, into oh, something. You're talking about the I guess. I guess. Guys, That's I guess. crazy. I guess you're right. That matters to you, huh? The opportunity cost it matters to you, eh? Man, get out of here, bro. <laughs> Two yeah, second can, can, can you get to the, to the other trade that matters, please? Uh, so we're talking about what Harold? You're gonna talk about Halliburton? Yo, we don't, talk, we don't got to talk about heroes. The opportunity cost is out here, man, factoring in for a man like Bagley, but no one else. That's pain. Whatever, man. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's talk about Tyrese Halliburton. When did he got traded earlier in that day, right? So nah, that was like that was the day before. That was the day before. Okay, so let's get into it then. So we got Tyrese Halliburton getting traded from the Kings to the Pacers. So. Just to go over the overall trade, Pacers get Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Tristan Thompson. Kings get DeMontis Sabonis, Justin Holiday, and Jeremy Lamb. Start it off, Kev, because like, I'm going to need a minute to process my thoughts on this one. All right. First thing I'm going to say is we had a conversation between maybe about a month or so ago when we were talking about Miles Turner and Sabonis. Miles, remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're having the, the argument just about Sabonis' value and things, and I don't think any of us – for, I, I told Maz that I think Sabonis' value is higher than you guys think it was. But I thought that I, Turner's is higher than Sabonis. Right. But but I think we, we Sabonis is higher, I think. Yeah, and we disagreed there, but even in me disagreeing with you guys, by no means did I think he could get Tyrese Halliburton or Fox. And the only reason why I say Fox <laughs> is because I saw reports that Indiana said no to Fox. What? So, what so, do you mean, but? That's they took the right guy. <laughs> I don't know about that, but the reason why I the reason why I know Indiana would say no to Fox is because I've been telling man's for years they don't do this max contract. Team. They're not taking a man making thirty m's a year for four years. They're not doing. They're not about that shit. So for them to give up Sabonis, and one thing I'm gonna say is maybe I didn't know this. Maybe other people don't know Sabonis is 25 years old. I had no idea. I feel like this guy's been in the league for like eight years. So 
for them to give up to get Sabonis. Sorry, for the Pacers to give Sabonis and have a guy like Tyrese Halliburton walk back through that door is invaluable. Like I can't even explain how nobody in their wildest dreams would have thought this would happen. I don't even think the Pacers would have thought it would happen because you're getting a guy who's a very good NBA player still on his rookie deal in his second year. Like sky's the limit for him, right? And however you kind of look at him and try and identify what he will be, all we know is that right now he's good and. We can bet he's going to get better. We can make a safer bet that he's going to get better than he's going to get worse. And in trading Sabonis, I think you get a. Bu- I thought I thought you would have got a bunch of shit in return, but on top of that, you get Buddy Hield. So even Buddy Hield's garbage, around, Like I'm not going to go that far because you know who he is. <laughs> I'm not saying. That. No, but I can't be too far from that. Is, but yo, Robs, all I'm saying is, we probably would have. In our conversation, you probably would have thought Buddy Heald was the main attraction in that deal. For yeah, me. definitely. Maybe some definitely, definitely, definitely. And we got to a guy like Tyrese Halburn. So even if we slapped the Kings tax on it for them being idiots and assume that nobody else would have paid that much, the Sabonis value was still a lot more higher than I thought and than what you guys thought. So that's that was the most interesting thing to me, aside from the fact that the Kings just got fucking finessed. Yeah, like... He's a good player. He, yeah. Sabonis is definitely... He's, a, I think, was he a two-time All-Star? Um, something like that, or at least one time for, yeah, for definitely. sure. Like at least a one-time monster, but he's a good player. The, the issue is that you have a you have a a guy in Sabonis where he's he's locked up on your roster for two more years past this year, and he's already shown displeasure. Reports already came out that he wanted to be moved, right? And then you got you have a guy like Tyrese Halliburton to where I've seen a stat. They said like no player, the only player in NBA history to come into the league and go 14 7 assists and 40 percent from deep is Tyrese Halliburton there's no there's no one else so it's like obviously you see I say that to say you see there's something there in Tyrese and the fact that listen I don't want to hear anything about Fox Halliburton is the king's best player this year he was 100 percent he was the king's best player and he's locked up for seven years of team control for a team like the Indiana Pacers as Kev said invaluable that alone is the win. The fact that you have a player that is so talented, that's showing so much promise, and he ha- he is locked up, and you have the rights to him for the next seven years. They won the trade, and it's like that. I feel like that's the reason why, you know, Maz went into an uproar, especially because you have a guy like Halliburton that was absolutely balling. And a couple of days before that, he said, Listen, I understand what's going on in Sacramento, but I'm going to be the reason, or I'm going to be a part of the change here. So you have a guy that wanted to be there, that wanted to turn it around. You get you have players around the league saying, "I'm gonna pray for you." When they, I saw uh, what's his name, things talking to Buddy Hill, telling him, "I'm gonna pray for you because you still play for the Kings." Like those are the type of jokes that's going around league wide. You know what I'm saying? And you have a guy like Halliburton that wanted to stay, that wanted to turn things around. And, and Fox Fox looks like the malcontent, if anything. Yeah, Definitely. and then you and then you ship him. You know that that you ship the guy that. By all indication, he was the lone untouchable on your roster, and that's and this, the one that that's the one like, that you package. This is what the Pacers do, bro. This is exactly what they do. I mean, like they're not they're not going to be interested in a guy like Fox because he's not good enough for them to justify paying him thirty million, and they're not paying anybody thirty million. I don't even think they're paying. They they, they tried to balk at PG over a max. See, and so when we're getting to a guy like Darren Fox, they, I knew they'd have no interest in a guy like that, but. They shouldn't even be able to uh, attain a guy like Tyrese Halliburton. 
See, Tyrese Halliburton is making. Go ahead, Ross. No, no, I was just saying, like, yo, like, I look at it from a different perspective because when Tyrese Halliburton came, when he was getting coming to the league, like, I, I set off Rip. We well, had the pods proof. Like, I think he's a good player, but in terms of his top end, like, what's the top end talent? I don't know. Like, I think he caps I think out. He, answered, being a he really didn't answer those questions, though. He doesn't answer some of those questions, though, Raps. It doesn't. Yo, my thing is, it doesn't matter, bro. Like, because I, I had this conversation. I had this conversation when, when we were talking about Suggs, right? Where I said, like, and obviously Suggs is not Tyrese Halliburton, but I was saying, like, just because you can't see it, doesn't mean that it does. It's not. It's not possible because a guy like Tyrese Halliburton is already good. That's enough. Fair. No, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, in terms of like people saying it's a fleecing, I don't think it's a fleecing. Because fleecing, I don't think it's a fleecing because even if Halliburton proves to be the guy that I think he's going to be, which is a great starting guard, like Sabonis is still a, a valuable asset and Buddy Heald's back. That's not how you're moving, fam. You're not moving like Sabonis is that type of guy. No, 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 no. The only thing I said, Sabonis and Miles Turner don't fit, but I didn't look at Sabonis and say that he's not a good player. I just think not in favor of his game. But that doesn't excuse the fact that he's a productive player, right? And how I view Halliburton is he's a guy that can be a starting guard on a playoff team, but I don't necessarily think he's ever going to be in like an all-star conversation. So it was always a little bit shocking to me when people are like, oh my God, Ty's Halliburton got shift, this, 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 that. It's like, all right, like, cool. Like, what? I don't, like, is he that much better? Like, do you, if I'm being honest right now, like, would you think he taps out at more than what like Malcolm Brogdon did in his best season? No, Malcolm's not even, listen, listen I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I don't want to talk about a man that can't play two games in a row. Like I'm getting to that point now. Like I realize, I realize, like yo, at some point we got to start talking about the guys who are doing it and stop focusing on the guys that did it. Because listen, he, I I think he can be better than a guy like Malcolm Brogdon. I think he's close. And again, even if he isn't better, I think I would say him and Malcolm Brogdon. From when Malcolm Brogdon was playing, I wouldn't say that Malcolm Brogdon is necessarily better than Tyrese Halliburton right now. Like. Because I understand that Tyrese Halliburton is doing a lot more. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if you say that Brogdon is a better scorer, like, I think Halliburton's a better passer and the better defender by far. They're both shooting 40% from deep. So you can't necessarily say Brogdon's a better shooter than Halliburton. Like, Halliburton's, Halliburton's better than Brogdon still. I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm going to say that. Me saying to Fleeson is not me acting like I, like, I'm not, we're not going to, I'm not going to let people do this thing where they're going to start acting like Tyrese Halliburton is some future, like, superstar. We're not going to do that, right? And me saying it's a Fleeson is the fact that a guy like Tyrese Halliburton is supposed to be untouchable. When you trade a guy like DeMontis Sabonis who wants out, who is kind of like a, between the star and, you know, that, the guy that's kind of a star and not really a star, mm-hmm. yeah, usually you get a... When I was hearing... No, when I was hearing that Embiid was going to get traded for, not Embiid, sorry, uh, uh, Ben was going to get traded for Sabonis, I would have came in here the day of Rick and it would have not, would have not come still. Like, right, so he's one of those guys that he's not really a star, but maybe he is. Those type of guys, when you give them up, you get some bullshit in return. Look at Vooch, for example. One of those guys that are borderline star, whatever you want to call him, you don't get Tyrese Halliburton back in return. That's not who walks through your door. Plus Buddy Heald. Yeah, that's facts. I don't yeah. even know what Vuch got. Vuch got what two two first round picks. Well, then he got he turned into what the, the and Wendell Carter, who's on an expiring deal. Yeah. Like that, that that that's what I mean. Like that's what you're supposed to get in return. Not a guy who is one of the best young players in the league right now. How good he's going to be is irrelevant because he's good right now. That's just <sighs> and again for the Pacers, this is right down their alley. And Malcolm Brogdon's Malcolm Brogdon's a joke thing, bro. Like. 
again, I sound like a jackass when I just keep talking about men's not being healthy, but like at some point, it is what it is. Fair enough. We got to stop acting like these things are um, bad luck. Like it's just the way it is. The fact of the matter at this point, yeah. Um, let's go into one last trade before we wrap up. So <clears throat> I feel like this trade was well overdue. We should have probably seen this headline maybe about two, three years ago, but CJ McCollum gets moved. Um, Pelicans oh, get, sure, uh, CJ McCollum, Larry Nance Jr. And Tony Snell, uh, Blazers get up. Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Thomas Sadaransky, and some guy, I can't pronounce his last name, Luzada. Uh, 2022 first round pick, 2026 second round pick, whichever is better between the teams, and a 2027 second round pick again, whichever is better between the teams. And then, honestly, I'll shoot this to you, Chris, but I'll just say off the rip, like this is well overdue. This is well, well, well overdue. I'm so glad that Portland is finally able to realize that you need to smell the flowers. Although I don't necessarily, I might not necessarily agree with their next steps, depending on how they treat the Dame situation. I'm glad that they were able to wake up and realize that this this team isn't it because I was able to see that three years ago and I think the rest of the league was as, as well. So for them to be able to come and say, you know, we have to break this tandem up. We have to start shipping some of these guys and do a rebuild. However, they decide to do that rebuild up to them. But I'm glad that they finally had some self-realization and be able to make the move. And guys like Larry Nance Jr., you can get him out of here still. You can get him out of here. I don't like the, the haul they got for him. Don't get me wrong. I don't like the haul. But the fact that they moved him is admirable because Josh Hart's fine. He's cool. They killed out Zana Walker. I think he, his hype is, is bigger than his play. And the other two guys are irrelevant. So, And the picks aren't even that great. One, the first round picks protected. So, And Nance uh, opted for surgery like three days after getting dealt. To right? Them, so. so it's like, yeah. like I don't, I don't, They could have got a little bit better, I think. Maybe I don't know if it was, I don't know if there's many um, like feelers out for CJ, but I, I would figure there is just given his game. But they didn't get much for him, but I'm glad that they moved him nonetheless. Maybe if it was just for the cap flexibility. It, but. it was it was a cap, but that's the thing where it's like the last time we saw uh, Portland have cap space, they gave Mo Harkless $17 million. Alfred Camino, like $16 million. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like it's one of those to where it's like, all right, Portland is peddling the narrative that we have all these trade exceptions and we have all this money and we have all this whatever the case is and we all know you're not doing anything with it so from that standpoint i don't really care whatever portland did now for the cj part of it this is david whatever his name is doing a move to save himself to try and save himself because he's going to act as if, and this is, it's just so funny how man's are acting like the play in is the playoffs. You see what I'm saying? So he's going to be like, Oh, we made the play in. I should keep my job. Like, and now they, you know, I am of the belief that Josh Hart was on a great contract and he was playing great for you. So it's like, why, like why, why take on CJ and his $100 million contract for now you now you don't have you know you you lose the flexibility to do anything down the future if you wanted to try and you know attempt to build something around around um my man i can't even forget his name cuz he's a dead baller but like <laughs> build around that you you know what i'm saying like you just it's just again the opportunity cost you're you're losing it because you want to try and save face this year to try and save your job this year so you bring on a guy in cj where by all accounts, like you didn't necessarily need him. You have Brandon Ingram to do whatever CJ would have been doing. And Josh Hart, again, has been playing well. And I don't see CJ, yes, he is a better player than Josh Hart, 
but I don't see you. If you were to miraculously make the playoffs by a miracle, you're getting swept. So why? Like I don't. I I just say why. Like why do it? But I will. I will say something quickly. I read an article and they were saying that um, part of the reason why they think that New Orleans is trying to acquire talent and you know falsely make the play in or playoffs or whatever you want to call it is because the league is basically putting pressure on them in terms of attendance. Um, they want to move the franchise to Seattle and create a new franchise in Las Vegas and re- realign the conferences. So they're saying basically like, and I guess this probably speaks to the Zion point as well, like despite what conspiracies follow that, but they're saying that like New Orleans has to drum up some type of engagement amongst their community because right now, like all indications are that that franchise is getting moved. So maybe it's a matter of ownership saying, you know, you have to do X, Y, and Z to, to kind of drum up whatever engagement, make us a relevant team because we will get moved. Because right now they're owned by the Saints owner and he doesn't give two craps about them. And everybody from Louisiana knows LSU is the team down there to watch. Ask any Louisiana person, they'll tell you the same thing. So that that's just something that we might have to consider as well. But go ahead, Kev. Uh, uh, I'm not going to touch on that part. What I what I the whole fallout of this trade deadline when I'm looking at the Portland, looking at Portland. I'm just kind of confused as to, I believe they're going to trade Dame. I feel like they're going to try some bullshit, but at some point Dame's going to get traded. And my question is going to be like now, I don't know what they get because a week ago, two weeks ago, the natural return, whatever I would have said is at least Ben Simmons, right? And now that's gone. So I don't know. This this might look a lot worse had they not pulled the trigger. And this Portland situation, going back to, 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 to Philadelphia 76ers, me and Rob's kept saying, you waiting to trade Ben Simmons is only going to do you more harm than good. Chris said there's no issue whatsoever. We'll take the chance on getting a guy like Dame or, in this case, James Harden, right? And we saw how it worked out for the Philadelphia 76ers. On the opposite end, the Portland Trailblazers are probably telling themselves, we got a guy like Ben Simmons who's available, right? At the very least, at the end of the year, if we want to blow it up and get Ben Simmons, we can get him. And now he's not there. So now... I don't know what they're going to do. Whatever that trade package looks like now, it's going to look a lot more role player than it did two weeks ago. Yeah, That's a nice way to put looking, it. Still. Yeah, it's going to start looking like the AD package, if you even get the AD package. You're not getting the AD I mean, package. Or, AD package or it's going to look like the first James Harden package. Yeah, it's yeah. like the James Harden package. I don't know, man. I just feel like... It, I, I don't know, man. I just feel like it, Portland... It's like... Like what is your what is your purpose? Like you know what I mean? Like, like I understand you wanna you wanna stay loyal and Dame himself wants to stay loyal, but like what are you doing? Dame like, is a loser, bro. I don't even want to hear. I, about that. I don't like using that word, man. I man. don't want to hear anything about that loyalty talk, bro. He's just a loser. A man, we can't just call a man with like a sixty percent career win percentage. I can. I can. All right, fairly then you can say whatever you want. But I'm talking about oh, fairly. It, it is fair. It is fair because if you're in a situation where you see that winning will not happen and you're choosing to entrench yourself in there, meanwhile I'm hearing contract extension talks. You're a loser, bro. Like what are you like? Nah, that that equates to you are a loser because more. I'm not hearing what we're going to be doing to help the team. Blah blah blah. All I'm hearing is I'm gonna die with the ship. The captain goes down with that is his words. The captain goes down with the ship. He knows they're losing and there's no winning coming anytime soon. But yeah, I'm hearing contract extensions. You're a loser. I don't care. I, I understand where Dame comes from and I understand he has a good heart and I don't, he doesn't strike me as the type of guy to go out there and criticize, you know, his teammates. He wants, or, a, he wants a good bank account too. That's what, what he so wants. So does everybody. And then people yeah, have to also right, remember this so is a job. say that. That's what I'm saying. I understand, I'm not, but like, listen. you know what I mean? 
We have get to also understand, bread, like, you know, turning down some of those 200 hey, M contracts is not an easy yeah, decision. Hey, get, get your bread. But in the process of getting your bread, understands what comes with that. That's all it is. You don't get to pick and choose. You can't have the cake and eat it, too. You can't have the bread, and then I'm going to turn around and move like you're not a loser. That's a fair point. I don't know. I just feel like Portland, they need direction. I feel like you can only retool so many times before you just have to tear it down. And I honestly, I, I disagree with you, Kev. I don't think they're changing Dame because from everything I read, they said they're going to try and build a veteran core around Dame. Rob, they're not trading Dame. Dame is going to <laughs> yeah. sign for the. I don't think I don't back. think they're trading. No, no, no. Dame. What I'm saying, I yeah, I agree with you because I know they're saying like they're going to try and whatever deals they made to try and like free up cash space and retool. What I'm saying is, if they don't trade him in the off season, they'll trade him in come January, February next year. So, like it's it's not going to work because yo. We got to be clear, right? At some point, the, the the Blazers, we would assume, are going to be done themselves. Seeing like they can only be asked so many times about the Dame thing, so many times where there's constant criticism of the job they're doing and if it's going to work and we're wasting Dame, this and that. At some point, we would have to assume there is a breaking point where even if Dame says, I'm dying with the ship, the Blazers just kick him off the ship. Dame is what, 33? I think he's no. 34, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double check. What? Fam, he's check up there. Him. He came in as yeah, a he's senior. He's definitely you know? up there. He's definitely up there. So the same. He's 31, bro. Man's are wilding. He's 31? Yeah. Right. Well, I'm definitely wilding then. I thought he was 33. But I am 31. Cool. Let me see that contract, though. What's his contract? Ah, God. 48 Fam. M's in 2024? That could get ugly. And he wants an extension on that. <sighs> You it's want, hard to turn down 50 I'm M's, I'm hearing though. about extensions, Rob. So that's what I'm hearing about. Extensions. It's I can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's crazy. It's crazy. But, yeah, is there any other trade you guys want to talk about before we wrap up here? The other ones are kind of just, like, you know, minimal yeah. moves, getting margin, guys. Um, Raps got Thaddeus Young. Gordon Dragic finally got out of here. Wow, bro. Masai, that was the first L I've ever seen Masai take. So that's crazy. Yeah. Sun's got some some relevant guys. Um, they got Tory Craig, which I think is a Getting great back, move. Tory Craig was was a great move for um, sure. Hornets got Montrez, which I think is just a puppy show. But Montrez is garbage. <laughs> yeah, I was watching Josh Lloyd, and Josh Lloyd said Montrez, statistically speaking, is the worst bench performing player against starters. Montrez like statistically speaking, I've been saying Montrez. Yo, I'm not like Josh Lloyd is just a fantasy man. So. Yeah, I don't no, care about Josh Lloyd, but it's it's something Montrez of import because take it he's in, been like garbage for a very long time. He's saying that when Montrez plays against starters, there's no bench player that performs worse against starters or like sixty percent of starting role players. Versus when he's against bench players, he tears it up. But then that's sort of saying like you can never play this guy more than twenty five minutes a game because the minute that but like his plus he, minus he, is, is piss poor when his starters on the floor. But he is a benchman. But people want to play him like he's a starter, and I think that's that's what Shot is planning to do because Mason Plumlee ain't it. <laughs> I don't. I think he's a man that's going to give you twenty two off the bench, bro. Like the guy, he's been his entire career. Maybe it's not. It's not. A, it's not a needle mover, but I think they're better off than whoever they were putting out at the five. Right. Um, when Miles Plumlee went to the bench, I, I disagree, bro. I think thing is better than him, but that is what it is. Who? I think PJ is better than Harold. PJ's too inconsistent for my liking. Just, someday he goes out there and he's a big know. forward. Someday he goes out there and he's he's moving like Shaq. Like, I just for for the team that is the Hornets, like I just don't see why offense from that from that position. And it's not even like 
PJ isn't a good offensive player in his own right. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, it's done in different ways. And I would say the way that PJ does it is a more valuable way. But PJ plays good defense. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Harold plays none. So it's like I don't, I don't want, I don't know, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. Maybe they don't want to pay PJ. And this is a move for next year, or yeah, well, it's I don't stupid. Know. Uh, but yeah, that was a, honestly, I think this is one of the better trade deadlines. Like, I remember there's been a yes, couple definitely. trade deadlines where it was an ama- amazing trade deadline. It had Absolutely to be. It amazing. had to be. I was there's trade deadlines where I'm legitimately there, like waiting on something to happen, and you blink your eye, it's three o'clock, and you know, some bum on the end of the Suns roster or the at the time the Suns roster gets moved. I think this was the, the this was the top end of what any expectations could have been. Definitely. I, I don't I, I don't think you could have expected anything more than what we've gotten on this trade deadline. Right? It's crazy though. Yeah. Even if you take out the hardened trade, it was still a monument. Right? It's crazy how pressure Bro. makes people make moves. Like you know me, it's crazy how you have all year and one it comes down to one day last couple of hours and man's are that's, that's the, the part I don't understand, bro. Like <laughs> obviously the Harden one, it, it, it materialized late because the whole Harden wanting out situation. But the idea that I know I have a need and I'm gonna wait till the very last minute to do it is just an idiot thing to me. Man's moves like there's not consequential things that happen between October to February. It's just weird. To me. I think when the clock's ticking, people well, people start looking fair. at themselves. You know, you got to wait until the absolute, the absolute players... top thing, best thing that you've gotten or you could have gotten. Maybe that's just what it is. Like, you know, it's kind of like I'm... when you're writing a test and you know there's five minutes left and you start scanning through and you might change an answer. Like you know, when the pressure hits, you start doing things. You know, you know the the thing is, the, the answer's not disappearing. <laughs> fair the guy, you might have wanted to get could have disappeared. He could end up going somewhere. That's why I, because in the span of assuming we wait till the the trade that when you're eligible to trade players that just signed, which is what December fifteenth or some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Assuming between then to the trade deadline, that's like at least two months, like two and a half at months. Some, at some point, somebody has to be like, all right, like we got to do something, and not wait till the very very. Oh, we last saw that this because- year. We definitely saw that this year. Trades got made. Uh, that 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 um. Norman Powell Covington deal was a was a prime deal that you, you would have seen on the deadline, but they got it done like a week before. Yeah, you're right. yeah, you're right. That is fair. Again, I and again, this is why I'll go back to my earlier point. I firmly believe the NBA has the best media because they can modify the media. Like you know what I mean? Um, obviously, football has its own. Like they have NFL Today. They they do it on the. They have certain sports segments, but it's not so much like. Even in the offseason for football, it's not the same. Rob, like, you know what I mean? We can't have these players doing this no more, though, honestly. Like, I'm all for player empowerment, but at some point, as I said with Ben Simmons, contracts have to be honored. James Harden can't force his way out of two franchises in the span of 12 months. It's ridiculous. It's well, we had this conversation. Ridiculous. Remember, it was I think it was almost a year ago. We had this conversation saying that, like, yeah, we're all for player empowerment and, and liberating the players, and it's a player's league, but to what cost? And I, I told I, I said on this very pod, it's going to come to bat in the next CBA negotiations because there's only so many times you can be signing contracts to pay these players absorbent amount of money for them not to be honoring their obligations. And I understand it's it's different for every single situation, obviously disgruntled players, whatever the situation may be, but we it's been this past year where we've been taking them off, we've been counting them up, and it's going to come a point in time where people are going to have to sit across the table and figure out a way to address this situation because I don't see owners shelling out this type of money moving forward, especially with the increase in the new TV contract and expect it, them to understand like, that a guy can just like cut. Deal. 
it's like Beal, fam. Like, you know what I'm saying? Beal is, they're about to say, Beal might just take his money and then tell them I want to leave. Like, it's just crazy. It's right? crazy. So, I don't know yeah, how they wrap. do it. I don't know how they implement it, but they have to put a provision in there because I'm telling you, at the owner, I've, I've, I've heard it all the time. They talk about it on many multiple podcasts. Like, there's going to be a day where the owners are saying, I'm not paying somebody $55 million or signing them to some exorbitant amount of money for them you know, to be our franchise player and we're building marketing campaigns and X, Y, and Z. And then one day, because they don't feel like, you know, things are going according to plan, they could just say this, this, and that. And all of a sudden, they're on a different team. I don't know. I, I, I think that day's coming, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be in the next CBA. We're going to see some new provisions implemented. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Trade deadline's fun nonetheless, right? Even if players are doing all the nonsense, because without that, we won't see players get moved, right? Because trade deadlines for other 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 sports are pretty boring, like, it's a one-two here and there, but it's not really like, you know, it's not what it is in the NBA. Let's just say that. Um, but yeah, I love a trade deadline. You guys have anything you want to say before we wrap up and get out of here? No. Nah. No, nah, I'm good. Well, as you know, it is the All Hustle No Luck podcast available every single Monday mornings at 8 a.m. Make sure you guys go double click on some of the previous stuff that we did, especially our special content. We have the interview with Damo. We have the interview with Omar Shidu. Really, really great stories. Most, most recently, uh Probably should have said this at the start. Most recently, uh, featured on Sportsnet.ca for a Black History Month feature. Um, which so big shout out to that. Go take a look. At, go take a look if you haven't already. Um, it's a very good short uh, film they put together. Very short, but worth the listen. Right. Then we have that. We also have the content that we did with Jalen and Ryan from Hoops Talk Pod, and then we also have the Confederacy of Dunks guys that came on. So we have a lot of great stuff that we've been able to do in the past couple of weeks. More to come. Uh, make sure you guys double click on anything that we've done. Like, comment, share. Never hoard a good thing. Always give it to someone who's willing to take a listen because it really does help out. But um, yeah, we're giving you guys consistent content. So you guys make sure that you stay tuned and look out for us and we'll keep in touch. So we'll talk to you guys until next time. Take care. <laughs>